All right, am I on? Okay, thank you, worship team. Wow, what a great morning to sing and dance, and yeah, we are free. We're, we're so, so good. <laughs> well, it's great to be together on this morning. You know, I was thinking as I, uh, this week, uh, last week we had uh, Clifford's here, Bob and, um, and uh, Veronique from France. Uh, they're missionaries that we support here at Rimrock, and um, after the first service, I went to the Empty Nester class, and Bob was talking a little more about uh, the reality in France. There's very few followers of Jesus there, and one of the things he said is one of their passions is to help people understand that they don't need to be ashamed of the gospel, that they can share Jesus in that a hostile culture and and that's what we're learning in Romans right to be unashamed of this amazing beautiful truth that Jesus has brought salvation and life to this world and and he was saying in the class that in France uh, there was a period of time where there was severe persecution that there were people who were unashamed of Jesus and they were they were proclaiming Jesus in that land but but people in power felt threatened and, and were angry at them and they began to persecute, persecute them by killing them taking away their homes taking away their their possessions um, displacing them and yet they were unashamed they maintained their faith and they persevered and today in France there's still people and I, I just want to remind us that there are so many brothers and sisters around the world who are persecuted, who are paying a price for declaring Jesus. But for them, it's, it's worth it because for them, Jesus is worth more than their very life, worth more than their possessions and everything else. Uh, Voice of the Martyr is going to be having something July 14th at our sister church at Parkview. And I'd invite you to, to look at that and consider being encouraged by that. But I want to encourage us this morning that we too can be unashamed. We too can share the name of Jesus and, and, and praise God that we're, we're probably not going to be killed or, or houses taken away yet. Maybe someday that might happen, but, but let's, let's share this incredible freedom that we have in Jesus with the world around us. They need Jesus more than anything else. So as we go through Romans, we have discovered more and more about how the gospel, how Jesus changes everything. <laughs> and this morning we're going to be looking in Romans 8 specifically how the Holy Spirit makes that a reality in our lives. But as we've gone through Romans, we've seen that our need as human beings is one that, um, that we had to become aware of our sin, our our position of being under the, the wrath of God because of our sin and our rebellion and our ways. But God in his love did not leave us in that place. Rather, he's revealed to us that it's in Jesus that we can be set free from our sin and the, and the, the weight, and the guilt, and the shame of that sin. And we can be brought into a relationship with God. And the, the, the message of the gospel is radical because you don't have to perform or do anything amazing you just have to believe and trust in Jesus it's by faith alone that we are justified and it's because of the grace of God that's a radical beautiful message that our world desperately needs that we need and so this amazing message of of grace and and salvation through faith God is doing it and so we are justified we're declared righteous before God 
we can live the good life, the right life with God and with others because of Jesus. But then as we've gone through Romans, we've discovered that there's a process of that righteousness becoming a reality in our daily life. And we've called that sanctification, right? So we're justified and now there's this process of being sanctified, being, being transformed by Jesus. And that's a struggle. And last week, Evan was in Romans 7 and he talked about that struggle between the flesh and the spirit and the reality for all of us is that the Christian life is struggle. But the good news Evan shared with us was that we are not alone in that struggle, that God is fighting the battle because if it's up to us, we will fail. That was Paul's conclusion. He struggled like all of us and he said, I cannot, well, what a wretched man I am. But he said, but thanks be to Jesus Christ. We have a victory in Jesus. That's why we can sing this morning. And so the reality of, the, the, of this process of being sanctified, and this morning as we go into Romans 8, it's, this is a beautiful part of the gospel, is God's glory, and we call it glorification, is taking place in our lives right now. It's starting now through the Spirit of God. And so would you stand with me as we read in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 1. We're going to go through verse 17. You can follow along the screens or in your Bible. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Isn't that good news this morning? Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the flesh, God did. God did. Did you hear that? God did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not obey God's law and it cannot, um, and it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received has brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, that we may also share in his glory. Amen. You may be seated. 
so thankful for the truth of God. In this passage, we see seven ways that the Holy Spirit gives us power to live out our salvation in Jesus. In the beginning of Romans, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. You see, God is producing something. He's doing something in our lives that is powerful, that is not self-driven or self-made. It is through the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to say before we dive into these seven things that the Spirit of God is a gift of God. The only way we can have a relationship with God is through faith. There is no other way. And so there's no hoops or magical things you have to do to receive the Spirit. Jesus said in John 14 that I give you the Spirit. He was ready to go to the cross and he was ready to leave. And the disciples were concerned about that. And he said, don't worry because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the Spirit of truth, the advocate to be with you. And he said not only to be with you, but to be in you. And so the Spirit of God was a gift from God to us. It is not something that we have to do uh, something to receive. It is a gift. Here's the seven things that we have in Christ with the Holy Spirit. One is we are free from condemnation, right? (laughs) Verse one, how precious is that message to us in our struggle. The context here is therefore, Paul has just talked about the reality of the struggle that we face every day in life. And and he's saying, be encouraged. (laughs) If you have Jesus, you are free from condemnation. And why? Verse three, God did it. God did it. I love what Evan said last week. It's a battle we cannot lose. It's a battle we cannot lose because God is fighting. The God, the creator of the universe, the God who gives us breath that makes our heart beat at this very moment is the same God who fights the battle for us. That is a precious truth. Hold on to that in your struggle. God is fighting for us. So the first thing we have in Jesus is we have no condemnation. The second thing that we have is a new mind with new desires. Look at verses five through eight. Those who have, live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So we have this natural appetite called the flesh, and there's desires for all those things. Um, I like donuts. Some of you like donuts? (laughs) And you can have an appetite for donuts and a desire for donuts and enjoy donuts, but you know if you eat too many donuts, there's consequences, right? (laughs) And I use that as a funny example, but the reality is we all have natural desires, and those desires will ultimately destroy us left on their own. In fact, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they saw this fruit that God had said you were not to touch or to eat. And what did they do? They desired it because they saw it was pleasing and good to eat. And they desired it. And at that moment, their hearts were drawn away from the desire of God towards something that looked good, felt good, but ultimately destroyed them in their relationship with God and with each other. And in the same way, we all have appetites and desires. And those appetites and desires, the Bible is very clear, is the result of that is death. That is death. 
And so God and his Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel is to take away those desires and give us a new desire for God. A desire that we were created to have because only God can satisfy. Only God can fulfill our greatest needs. Everything else will leave us empty and void. And we've all had that experience where you've, you've, you've spent your resources and you've worked hard and you've strived for something that you desired only to find that it did not fully satisfy. It did not give you the life that you expected or wanted. We have all felt that. We've experienced that. And that is the reality of the flesh. There's appetites there that cannot be filled by the things of this world. And all the things of this world cannot fill that void. Only God can fill that void. Only God can fulfill our deepest needs and our deepest desires. And so what is the Spirit of God doing in our lives? He's remaking our mindset, remaking our desires so that we desire God, we desire the things of God, and that changes us. And it changes everything for us. And so what do we have? We have no condemnation. We have new minds with new desires. And the third thing is we have a new presence. Look at verses 9 through 10. He says, you are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, I, my words fail at this moment how precious this truth is for us. We were created to be in a, a relationship with God. And the greatest travesty out of the, the fall of man has been that separation from God because he is the source of life. He is the source of everything that's good. And so that separation has only brought destruction into our lives. And so what God is promising now is that the very presence, the Spirit of God will live with us and in us. And this changes everything. Because we can't live on our own. We weren't designed to live on our own. On our own, we're in big trouble. But with God, we have hope and life and peace and everything that we need. And so this new presence, the indwelling presence of God. And he goes so far to say here that if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And so the Christian life, the, the most important part of the Christian life is the presence of God with us and in us. And the sad thing, brothers and sisters, is there's many people who have claimed the name of Christ and walked, the, tried to walk the Christian life, but they've done it in their own strength. They've tried to do all the things and tried to fit in and just tried to, 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 do, to do the Christian life on their own, and the result is always painful. It's always destruction. It always destroys when we do it on our own. The key here is that we have to understand that we need the Spirit of God. He is life for us. He is power for us. He produces in us what we cannot do on our own. And so if we set out to love someone in our own strength, we will only fail because it, our, our self-love is so, so small and shallow and so selfish. But when God is producing the love in us, it is radical and it is beautiful and it is big and it is, it is possible to really love someone else. And so God makes possible what we cannot do on our own. And like I said before, having the Spirit of God is not something magical. It's not some hoop you have to jump through. The Bible says very clearly all we have to do is believe and have faith. And it's a gift. God fills us. But we have to ask. Jesus says you do not have because you do not ask. And so as believers, we receive the Spirit and we ask for it and we seek to be filled with Him. But we have to realize that it is a gift of 
God, and it is the key to living this Christian life. We cannot do it without him. The fourth thing that we have in Jesus is a new resurrection life. Look at verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he, will, who, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. I think Rimrock is especially privileged to have seen this in action. Pastor Steve um, modeled this in a beautiful, powerful way. I've heard he said that the best day of his life was the day he died. How could he say that? What we're reading right here, <laughs> new resurrection life. It's the Spirit of God in him that, that gave him this, this knowledge, this understanding that God was not only with them in this life and in death, but that there was a future life with God that would last for all of eternity. And so he did not face death without hope. And we too can face death with great hope because we have this promise that Jesus died but he rose again today as we do the baptism it's a beautiful symbol of this reality that when you go under the water you are dead <laughs> you are dead and there's there's no hope but it's when you come out of the water that there's new hope new life and that is the resurrection of Jesus he came to life and here's the key my brothers and sisters he came back to life not spiritually but physically he had a physical body. <laughs> that is so important. We live in a physical world and everything good in this world is physical. The food, the, 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 the pills, the fishing, the, everything we do that's good with each other is physical in life. And God made us that way. He created this world that way. And the new world will be that way too. It will be a physical world. And that's why the hope that we have is a new physical reality, a resurrected reality. That's why Jesus came back with a body that could be touched. He could be seen. He could be felt. And he went down to the lake and he ate fish around a campfire <laughs> with his disciples. There's a new physical reality that's gonna happen and it's the resurrection of Jesus that gives it to us and it's the spirit of God in us that makes, us, that, that, makes that reality real to us. <laughs> we know it's true because the spirit of God is with us and it changes everything. And so we have no condemnation. We have new minds, new desires, a new presence with God's spirit, a new resurrected life. And the fifth thing is we have new habits in our lives. Look at verse 12 through 13. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. So we have this future reality of resurrection, but what do we do now? <laughs> what do we do now as we live in this broken life where our bodies break down and get sick? How do, we, how do we live? Well, Paul says we have this new obligation because of the reality of all these things that God has done, we live differently. There's old habits that have to be put to death. What does he say there? He says, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Uh, one of the great joys of, for us as parents, I remember this, I will treasure these moments for me as, as a father who was watching my, my sons get to that point in their life where they desired to walk. And what I love about that is they looked around, they saw everyone around them walking, they said, hey, I wanna do that too. <laughs> and so there was a natural desire in them to walk. That's good. That's, 
And then there was that day where they began to take those first steps and they would inevitably fall, right? And get bruises and bangs, but they kept at it. They kept learning how to walk and pretty soon they weren't just content to walk, they wanted to run. And that's an image of what God is doing in us in the spirit of God. Those old habits that brought death and destruction, all those donuts God wants to take out of our lives and he wants to replace it with a new desire, a new longing for what is good, for God and his ways. And we learn, kind of like our kids walking, where we fall sometimes, we get banged, we get bruised, but we keep going and we keep learning and soon we're learning a new way to live. And God is doing that through the Holy Spirit. Remember, who did it? God's doing it. He's doing it in us, but we desire it. We long for it. We're seeking it. Last week, Evan talked about a habit in his life that God set him free and took away the desire for an addiction that he had and gave him a new desire for God. I too have experienced that. Mine was different from Evan. I had a, a struggle with shyness and fear and, and, I, and it was keeping me from doing God's work and it was, it was causing isolation in my life. And so God, I, as I began to experience the grace of God in the gospel and as I began to experience the fullness of the spirit, God began to create a new habit in my life, a habit of boldness and confidence in Jesus that has set me free. And I'm so thankful for that. And that's what God's doing in all of our lives in different ways with different things. The old is gone and the new has come. The sixth thing that the Spirit of God is doing to change everything in our lives is giving us a new identity. Look with me at verses 14 through 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And we've sung that this morning already. We are children, no longer slaves. We are children of God. He's making it possible. One of the stories I love is a, a story of Fanny Crosby who... Um, was a great hymn writer a generation ago and I, I think every generation needs to have songwriters so I, I pray that there's songwriters here who, who God is stirring by his spirit who will write new songs for us to sing but Fanny uh, was blinded as a baby by a, a fake doctor who came and put um, mustard in her eyes and blinded her the rest of her lives and her life and she could have been bitter she could have been angry, but she experienced the grace of Jesus. It changed everything. And this is what she wrote. She wrote, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Wow. Fanny understood her new identity as a child of God. She was filled with the spirit of God and it changed her life my brothers and sisters, we're adopted into a new family. We live a new way. We're sons and daughters of the King. And the last thing, the seventh thing, is we experience a new glory. Verse 17. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This world, if you live for it and if you satisfy the desires of your flesh you buy everything shiny and you live for all those things you will have somewhat some joy in this life but guess what you won't take it with you <laughs> it will be a momentary fleeting and in a few generations none of that will be remembered what matters is God and what we're invited to here is to 
share in God's glory, to be heirs, to be recipients of the glory of God. And, and he owns everything, <laughs> and he wants to share everything with us. His intentions for us is good. He doesn't save us to make us miserable. He saves us to give us joy. In this life, there will be suffering. There will be trouble. But know this, there is a greater glory, and we're receiving it. And I'm gonna invite the, the um, worship team up. We're gonna take communion here, and I wanna see if we can get the words because I would ask you to stand as we prepare for communion if we could stand we're going to read verses 14 through 17 all together so could we put Romans chapter 8 verse 14 through 17 on the screens and I would like to read this out loud all together as we prepare for communion just hold on to these truths so let's let's read this all together out loud for those who are led by the Spirit of God, come on, let's, let's say it all out, are the children of God. Oh, it's not, an, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. The blind, blind leaving the blind here. Okay, are we ready? Okay, okay. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself, Thank you. Okay, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now we, if our children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen. Amen, Lad. We need to celebrate that. Hold on to your bread and your cup and we will take it all together. You may be seated too.